Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And we have a very busy episode today for you. A couple kind of quick things. Obviously, I'm not in my normal setup. I'm in a hotel room. I'm actually with my wife down on her work trip, so I'm hanging out in Tampa, working from the hotel, and doing all my podcasting from the hotel as well. And I want to apologize for not getting you an episode Friday. Last week was just tough. It was a very busy week. Uh, we were seeing some friends and family on Friday. Just didn't get a chance to get to an episode. I didn't have a chance to watch the Iowa-Iowa State game until Friday morning, so I wasn't able to really uh, dive into that either. But on today's show, we're going to be diving into that a little bit towards the end. We're also going to talk about Tyler Goodson declaring for the NFL draft. What does it mean for the running back position at Iowa? And also, let's talk about recruiting. A lot of news and notes among the recruiting world that we have to talk about on today's show. And today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. So let's get into it. First off, Tyler Goodson declares for the NFL draft. Now, some might look at that and say, wow, I'm, I'm really shocked. Why is he going? He had such a bad season. What is happening? A couple things. Tyler Goodson is a very good football player. And it was not the season that he wanted to have, but he did finish on a high note. He had some very good runs. Um, and, and while he did arguably have some of the worst runs we've seen from an Iowa running back in the, in the sense of he's had more negative yardage runs than most of the running backs we've seen since Kirk Ferentz took over, Tyler Goodson did some pretty amazing things considering the fact that his offensive line was pretty terrible this year. The outside zone, which is a staple of Iowa football, just couldn't get going. The tackles couldn't hold off their block or their, their defenders. Tyler Goodson just didn't have a lot of lanes. With him going to the NFL, I think it opens up an interesting question for Iowa. Who goes next? Who starts next for Iowa? Who is going to be handling the duties in the Citrus Bowl? And also, what does this look like for next year as well? Because that could be a whole different story than what it looks like right now, or it could be exactly the same. But Tyler Goodson, let's kind of finish up with him real quick. For a running back, the shelf life is so short. Tyler Goodson has just over 600 carries as an Iowa running back. He has been basically the starter for the entire three years he's been in Iowa. That is a lot of carries. That's a lot of work for a running back. And you better believe people look at that from an NFL talent evaluation perspective and say, that's a lot of carries, a lot of wear and tear. Could there be something on the horizon from an injury perspective? Could he be, begin to slow down? There are not a lot of running backs who go past the age of 28 or an X amount of carries and are able to be effective. Adrian Peterson, to a degree. I mean, look at like Le'Veon Bell dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, Shady McCoy dropped off the face of the earth. David Johnson is essentially dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, these guys... When you get up to that 28-year range for for a football player, for a running back, there's just not a lot left there. So for Tyler Goodson, you want to get your money while you can. 
you were able to take advantage of name image likeness. Now you're able to take advantage of your skill set and hopefully make it in the NFL. And I do think he has a skill set that would be worthwhile to keep around on a roster. We didn't see him return any kicks, but that could be a possibility for him in the future. A third down running back, a guy who can get involved um, in more than just running the ball, I think is also an opportunity for him. We saw Brian Ferentz line him up out wide a couple times. We saw Brian Ferentz use Tyler Goodson as a, a wildcat back. Um, there's a lot of opportunities for Tyler. I don't think it's necessarily as a the, the predominant ball carrier, but I think it's the number two option and a one-two punch from a running back perspective that could make him pretty dangerous and pretty dynamic. What this comes down to for Tyler is, can he test well? He ultimately needs to test well. What we saw with Akram Wadley, uh, most people want to point to Akram and say they're kind of the same player. They, they have some similarities, but Akram could not run a 40 fast. It was, I believe it was like four or five, uh, low four or high four fives, uh, low four sixes. You can't do that when you're weighing 190 pounds. So Tyler Goodson definitely needs to test well. But where does Iowa go from here? Uh, the next obvious choice is Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams has been the number two back for Iowa and has gotten quite a few carries over the course of the last four games. He he actually uh, had almost as many carries as Tyler did against Michigan. So Gavin Williams is more than likely going to get the start. I expect to see LaShawn Williams as well, more of a speed back where Gavin Williams kind of a, a downhill running back. Ivory Kelly Martin is a guy to watch out for. I don't expect him to be able to play much in this game. He's been dealing with injuries. But the whole reason why Ivory Kelly Martin came back this year was because he expected Tyler Goodson to go to the NFL, and Ivory was going to get the starting job the following year. I got to be honest. I love Ivory and his story. I love the fact that Ivory has stuck around. But if you can't hold on to the football, I do not want to see you carrying the football for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, there's been some fluke plays some fluke fumbles, but what I've seen from Gavin Williams gives me enough to say I think Gavin should be the starter. Ivory could be a backup, but I'm more interested to see what LaShawn Williams does as that number two guy, and I expect to see both those Williams guys playing in the Citrus Bowl with Gavin starting, LaShawn filling in. We might see a little bit of IKM, maybe three to four carries for Ivory Kelly Martin. What's next, though? So next year, you'd have to assume whoever starts in the Citrus Bowl this year should be the starter going into camp. We've seen that switch up as time kind of goes on. We saw it with Makai Sargent, Torin Young, and with Tyler Goodson, that all got kind of, and Ivory Kelly Martin, that all got kind of switched around quite a bit. Um, so we can expect that to change potentially. With Iowa bringing in several big-time running backs next year, they have Caleb Johnson, Jasmine Patterson. They also have Devin Hilson. Don't forget about Devin Hilson, the athlete out of uh, Des Moines North. I think it's North. To the North or Hoover, I'll have to take a look at that. But Devin Hilson, a late commit in the class of 2021 to the Iowa Hawkeyes last year. Um, he's a guy who has been working out at running back as well. A very motivated kid, very, very skilled athlete. Um, be on the lookout for him as well. Iowa has quite a few options at the running back position. And yes, it's unfortunate that Tyler Goodson is going. But with a struggling offensive line, I feel like some of these other guys potentially give Iowa a bit more of consistency. Right, You may not have the home run threat, but you have a bit more consistency. You're not going to have the guy who spins out of three tacklers and gets a five-yard gain, but you're going to have a guy who falls forward for three to four yards, which is something we were missing this past year without Makai Sargent. I think people are realizing just how valuable Makai Sargent was as a tag team duo with Tyler Goodson because of what Makai Sargent could do from a fall-forward perspective, get three yards, get that consistent yardage. 
Don't worry about having to make it a 15 or 20 yard play. Just get three to four yards. Makai Sargent understood the assignment. And with Adele Betts coaching these guys up, I expect to see improvement over the course of the next three weeks and also going into next year. So interesting times in Iowa Hawkeye community. We haven't heard of anyone else opting out to this point. I expect that we're not going to see other people opting out. We could see more people transferring and we could see some people declaring early. All that stuff is going to be happening over the next month. And we will have you covered right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As you know, if you heard me talk about this before, Prize Picks is amazing. If you haven't signed up now, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting. You can do some awesome stuff with Iowa football, Iowa basketball, combine them up. Here's how it works, though, if you haven't heard me have this pitch before. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players, the Power Five, as well as the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. And they offer any prop you can think of. For example, in basketball, you can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. So if you want to hit the Jordan Bohannon over threes, that is all for you to do. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players and over under on their projections, and you can 10x any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. All of our users, all of our listeners right now actually can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use the promo code locked on. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And thank you again for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Preview 2021, local experts, betting advice, draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. So let's get into it. We talked about Tyler Goodson and the running back position uh, kind of being you know, interesting at this point. What is happening from a recruiting perspective? As you all know, last week was a huge week in Iowa recruiting. Xavier did commit. Xavier, excuse me, did commit to the Iowa Hawkeyes, and that was a big win for the Hawks. A five-star recruit in-state without having any legacy ties commits the Iowa Hawkeyes, and you better believe he has been on the recruiting trail this past week and going to Iowa for a visit and trying to get other guys to join the forces of Iowa. Before we get into the guys that we're looking to, possibly see commit over the next day to two days. And we're going to have a lot of guys, especially with that early signing period coming up on Wednesday. Um, I want to quickly point out that this is, this was always going to be a smaller class. I saw some stuff on Twitter, people saying, well, this is great. We're getting a few guys, but you know, this is a really small class. This isn't nearly as good as we thought it was going to be. This was never going to be a 25 person class. At least we don't know if it's going to be Tyler Barnes even said as early as August, that they were expecting to bring in 16 to 17, maybe max 18 guys. It's very fluid because they have such a small senior class. They weren't sure who was all going to leave, who was all going to be early entries. We've seen some guys enter the transfer portal, so there definitely are some scholarship opportunities opening up. But nevertheless, we did not expect this to be a big class because it wasn't a big senior class. That all being said, with Xavier committing, to look at a few other guys. TJ Hall, Orlando Trader, and Cohen Entriger, both all three defensive backs, they have been talking to Xavier very heavily, and crystal balls have been placed for two of those three. So we could be looking at Iowa basically gaining four defensive backs over the course of a week. That would be a huge haul for Phil Parker, especially considering that Iowa did not take a cornerback in last year's class. They need some depth here, and this could be your 
2026 starting defensive back room. It's pretty exciting stuff. So TJ Hall is a former Washington commit, a three-star cornerback, top 1,000 player. Orlando Trader, a three-star Central Michigan cornerback commit. He's deciding September 15th. And Cohen Entriger, his 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 stock has really kind of shot up as of late. Um, another defensive back who's I was com- um, competing with Michigan and Wisconsin with. But again, all three of those guys on campus this past weekend talking to Xavier, talking to him about what they want, talking about what they can do. Um, those are big-time opportunities for Iowa to land a couple guys. And then Karrion Crawford, a guy who his recruitment has also picked up very late, a three-star defensive end with a Nebraska offer, also getting interest from Tennessee. He now has a crystal ball to Iowa. That's huge for the Hawks. If they can land those four guys, honestly, that would be huge. There's also some interest peaking for some 2023 guys. There's some rumors floating around that Marco Lanez, the four-star quarterback out of New Jersey in the class of 2023, will be committing to Iowa this week. He can't sign anything, but he will be committing, as we saw with Deuce Hogan, even though Deuce has left the program. When he committed early, it allowed the Hawks to build the program around him and allowed him to go out and recruit guys. So that'll be huge for Iowa. Another four-star guy to look out for, Caden Green. He was down to really Oklahoma and Iowa, but Lincoln Riley's gone. And Iowa is really offensive line you. So you're taking a look at that, and you have to think Caden Green has to be trending towards Iowa as well. Another four-star offensive line. Now, there's some talk about Mac Markaway, a legacy Iowa recruit, a guy who committed to Florida despite having those relationships with Iowa. Florida's coach is gone. That recruitment seems to be opening back up. Tyler Barnes has started following Mac again. That would be a huge steal for the class of 2023. So you can see how this momentum of Xavier joining can really help catapult Iowa into another realm in terms of the recruiting. For the class that was looking to be a a 50th or 60th ranked class, we could finish up in the, the mid to low 30s, which would be huge for this class, especially considering those rankings also go off of volume and quantity as well. So just because you have a lot of four stars, you could have only 10 guys, and it's still not going to be as highly rated of a class as a team that has 25 three-stars necessarily. A couple other things I want to talk about from a recruiting standpoint. Iowa has been targeting offensive linemen transfer targets. So that's really important for two reasons. One, to me it says Iowa feels like they have a gap on the offensive line. They do not feel comfortable going into next year with the offensive line they have. They don't feel comfortable going into the uh, next year with the offensive line um depth they have as well when you're looking at a senior grad transfer like a hunter norzad from cornell you know i was a little bit worried about their tackle depth and their interior offensive line depth to me that means when we see you know when we see grad transfers from an offensive line if they are good big time players expect iowa to be somewhat involved in those conversations i think if iowa could land one or two guys who could come in and start next year they would feel significantly better, similar to what they with what they did with Koi Kronk. Now, Koi Kronk was not able to come in and perform, still dealing with some injury type of things. But Iowa clearly is not super confident in their offensive line when they're looking at some of these grad transfer type players. The last thing I want to talk about is Tyrone Tracy Jr. He did get an offer from Purdue. All I got to say is be prepared for Tyrone Tracy to absolutely annihilate Iowa. It is exactly what Jeff Brom is going to want to do. They are going to give the ball to Tyrone Tracy 20 times in the game, and he's going to have a career day against the Hawks. 
I am really, really excited though for Tyrone Tracy Jr. Anyone who is not excited for Tyrone doesn't understand Iowa football. They don't understand what Tyrone did on and off the field. I mean, this is an incredible high character guy who deserves everything coming to him. There's a reason why he's leaving. He got kind of pushed out of his spot um, for better or for worse. Iowa felt more comfortable going with some of the younger guys. There's a reason Tyrone Tracy Jr. is getting looks from D1 schools and Big Ten schools. It is not because they want to be nice. It's because they feel like Tyrone Tracy Jr. is a very talented player, and he is going to perform very well when he goes to Purdue, which is what my prediction is. Um, kind of just makes sense at this point for Tyrone Tracy Jr. to go to Purdue. So kind of interesting news there. As we get more information on that as well, we'll make sure to cover all of that. We haven't heard anything else from a transfer perspective from Iowa. Uh, we haven't heard anything from Deuce Hogan. We haven't heard anything from some of the wide receivers, Desmond Houston, who's also transferred. So as we get more information on where those guys are going, we'll make sure to break that down as well. I know they are no longer Iowa Hawkeyes, but it's still fun to cover some of those guys and see kind of where their careers ultimately end up because there was hype at one time for them being an Iowa Hawkeye. So that's all coming up um, over the next couple of weeks. As I said as well, recruiting is going to be interesting. We have the early signing day on Wednesday. We're likely to get a few more commits over the next couple of days. So we're going to be covering all that right here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. But first, let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game. The grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and on a location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring all-inclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, and Tim Brown, plus more. Accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56. For more information or search Super Bowl on location, that's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. And you've heard me talk about Built Bars before, but if you haven't tried one, why not? It's the holiday season. Grab yourself a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It is a built bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Plus, they have so many flavors coming out. They just came out with a new eggnog flavor, which I got my hands on. I'm really excited to try. Built Bar is what gets me going throughout my day. If I need a quick snack or a quick breakfast, I will grab a Built Bar. If I need something after a workout, I grab myself a Built Bar. There's a time and a place every single day to grab yourself a Built Bar. Why wouldn't you want to have a candy bar that tastes just freaking phenomenal and also has all the health and nutritional benefits of a protein bar. So go to built.com, that's B-U-I-L-T.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. So we talked about Tyler Goodson. We talked about the transfers for Iowa. We've talked about recruiting as well. And again, a lot of things are going to be changing over the next couple of days. I do want to get into some basketball talk. And we're not going to harp on everything. You've probably already heard some analysis of the Iowa basketball game, but I do think it's important to talk a little bit of what is the ceiling of this team. So as most of you know, Iowa got blown out by Iowa State on Thursday evening. It was a disgusting game. Iowa had one of the worst shooting performances in the Fran era. 27% from the field, 
18.5% from three, and they got absolutely dominated on the glass again. 50 rebounds for Iowa State, 32 rebounds for Iowa, 21 to 15 offensive rebounds. Iowa did win the turnover battle, 16 to 12, but when you are getting destroyed on the glass like they are, and when you cannot buy a shot to save your life, it is going to be tough. A couple interesting things that came out of this. What are we to expect from this Iowa team? I saw a lot of people on Twitter just giving up on this Iowa basketball team as if they were expecting them to be an NCAA number one seed. If you had those expectations, calm down. This is still a solid basketball team. This is still a team that has the ability to compete for an NCAA tournament spot. This is a team, if they get everything going, can be a very strong team. Now, the biggest weakness I see right now is the rebounding. The shooting, that will come and go. Iowa State did a great job of playing on-ball pressure and applying that pressure and kind of forcing Iowa out of its comfort zone. But Iowa doesn't typically have that bad of a night. Plus, Keegan Murray, he's hurting as well. Um, the ankle injury doesn't seem to be a, it doesn't seem to be a hundred percent yet, so he's still struggling with that. I expect him hopefully the next eight or nine days until Utah State on Saturday. He has an opportunity to get healthier, to get better. Um, but you're not going to have that bad of a shooting night every single night, regardless what Iowa State is doing. Defensively, I think Iowa has some issues. And it really comes down to zone versus man. I really like when they're when they have a lead or when they are close. They can play that half court trap. They can play full man as well. Um, when they are doing that, they can be very effective at times. But when you have a veteran team, Iowa State is a veteran team, despite them mostly being all transfers. It can be a little bit difficult to get them into those bad mistakes, those bad decisions. Uh, we saw it against Illinois. Seem to work for a bit. They don't have Andre Carbello there, so their point guard um, not as near, not as talented nearly as uh, as Andre Carbello. So there were some opportunities there, but Iowa does need to continue to play defense from a defensive perspective. They're up out of the top 100 from a Ken Palm angle, which is not good. That's worse than last year's team, and this is a team that cannot afford to not play defense because they are going to have those off shooting nights. Thankfully, Jordan Bohannon. Plays well in big games, 17 points, the only one to get into double digits for Iowa, the only one to really make anything happen from an offensive perspective. A couple other takeaways from this. Um, we need to see more of Josh. If we're not going to be able to rebound with the guys we have, then you need to get Josh Ogundale in there. He's a guy. He's a big man. Let him crash the boards. Let him try to win those rebound battles because if I was not getting those second chance opportunities, it doesn't matter what else you're doing on the floor. You are not going to give yourself a chance to win. I expected a little bit more from Philip Abracha. Um, I've had Philip on the show. I think Philip's a fantastic guy, but he's not doing enough down low. And I think if you put Joshua, you can slide Philip out to the four, play a little bit bigger if you're not going to get those rebounds. But a lot of it comes down to effort and boxing out and having guys crash the glass. We're just not seeing it across the board. And that is an effort thing. It's just, it cannot continue to happen. I've also seen concerns about Joe Toussaint. Joe Toussaint only played 12 minutes in this game. I think the important thing is it doesn't really matter who's starting. It matters who Fran puts in and why he puts them in. He's willing to put Tony Perkins in. He's willing to put Aaron Euless in over a Joe Toussaint. And I think that's what really matters. If Joe's struggling, put those guys in. And to be honest, Joe has been lightning in a bottle at times, 
But I've been way more impressed by Tony Perkins and even to a degree more impressed by Aaron Euless as well. So if I'm Fran, I'm looking at how does my lineup combos work with those guys. I think Joe makes sense in that starting lineup and then bringing Tony and Aaron in still. And the fact that he's willing to sit Joe if he's struggling, that's okay with me. I like how Aaron and Tony are playing, though, and it gives you kind of a glimpse to what the future of this backcourt could be sometime. Iowa has a week off, though. They get Utah State. Uh, the women's basketball team also lost to Iowa State. They have a couple days off as well. Uh, it's kind of a bad week all around for the basketball teams, but expect to get some uh, some nice little wins here over the next couple of weeks as they get prepared for their conference games. They have a few more non-conference games, each of these teams. So um, as we have all that coming up, we'll be breaking those games down, giving you previews and giving you reviews as well. That does do it for our show today. I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, you can find us wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And as you may know, if you've listened to us before, we like to give you betting advice on Iowa games. If you want betting advice on other games, check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, giving you three to four picks every single day that you can bet on at betonline.ag. So again, thank you all for tuning in. Have a fantastic Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.